What's up, Eigen family? Hey, guys. Make sure you like, share, comment, subscribe if you haven't done so already. Check out the website, eigenbros.com. Check out the website, eigenbros on Twitter. Check out eigenbros on Instagram. And then check out eigenbros2 on TikTok. Uh, thank you to the patrons once again, guys. We greatly appreciate you as always. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you guys want to subscribe to our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash eigenbros. We do a 30-minute podcast there, audio podcast there every week. So check that out. And, uh, yeah, let's get to the topic. Yeah, this next one, let me put a teaser in for the Patreon. This next one's a fun one. Yeah. We talk about, well, should we give it away? Establishing the religion in the metaverse? <laughs> oh, the Patreon, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. How to establish <laughs> how to establish a religion in the metaverse. Yeah, yeah, so you that's a teaser for you uh, yeah, if you yeah. want to join the Patreon. If that, if that tips you over to join. <laughs> it's only $1. I mean, Really, you, yeah. yeah. For a dollar to hear a conversation about yeah. how to establish... <laughs> uh, maybe a, a religion, maybe become right. a saint. And you get full access. So. <laughs> but anyway, let's stop begging. Anyway, yeah. So uh, this week we're talking about um, basically... Our physicist genius. Are they galaxy brain? Are they? Right. Yeah. And the answer is no. So, so you see you guys. <laughs> Make sure you like, share, comment, subscribe. <laughs> yeah. Make sure to like, share the singer as well as like and share the video. No, but you're supposed to like, um, like be a genius. That's what most most uh, professors believe. Most people, yeah. Most, um, <laughs> yeah. Seriously, yeah. A lot of people think that. Uh, well, I I know a lot of people that struggle with um, with physics in the in the sense that the leap from, you know, we've had a conversation from zero to one. Mm-hmm. You love using that now. It's great. I love it. <laughs> it is a great. It is a great uh, thing. Peter like, Thiel coined it. Well, let's see, Peter Peter Thiel. If you you know if you really coined it, prove it to us. Come on the show. Shit, we wish he's like a billionaire. <laughs> yeah, he is, and uh, he has no time. He's probably one of these no. guys that wear diapers in the executive room <laughs> just to save time. Right. Yeah. He's just fully optimized his entire day. He's just everything is on the schedule. <laughs> no food. He's just smoothie with what? Like he gets everything in one meal. Right. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> is that a genius? <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe for that you do have to be a genius and we do kind of i think we should we should kind of define what it means yeah, to be a genius ahead. anyway mm-hmm. in the beginning let's do that so i guess i'll start um yeah i kind of uh don't like the term genius because i think it's one of these things kind of like like one of these things like love or you know um what's yeah. another one like these ambiguous things that you just don't know what does that actually mean right and you don't really get enough wisdom until later in life, until you actually have a good working definition of the term. Yeah. And I kind of don't think genius is a well-hashed-out word, so I'm going to give my definition. Okay. So what I think a genius is, is someone who has basically taken themselves to the limit of whatever their profession is, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be, and they also, the major also caveat is that they've made major contributions to their field. So anybody who's calling, you know, a six-year-old kid a genius, I don't buy that. Like, I don't think yeah. a kid could ever be a genius unless they've done major accomplishments. Don't give because you know there are very few geniuses. Yeah, in any... I think it's thrown around around way too much. Right. So I hate that word when people say genius. I kind of like to reserve it for people who have made major contributions and they are the top of their fields. Can you give an example for those? So I would say Einstein is a classic genius, right? He's not only made 
Uh, he's not only at the top of his field or was at the top of his field, but he also made major contributions in terms of general relativity. I mean, that's, I mean, it's one of the most important discoveries ever, you know, created, made, or whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say Einstein's a genius. Yeah. But then I'd also say people who like a musician could be a genius. Like, uh, I would say who's classical, a, classical, one of the classical dudes. Yeah. His name. Uh, Beethoven, Mozart, Bach. I would all I would consider them all geniuses. I mean, the amount of works that those guys have, I mean, it's like thousands of hundreds, if not thousands, of works that they've done in their life while they were alive. That are all that are great. Yeah, that, and they've had like multiple bangers, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that to me is a genius. Gotcha. So it's someone who's so above and beyond that they're in like the top top so tier. So they're in in the in it. So genius is relative to the peer group that you're in. No, you would say. I don't no. think. Okay. Well, um, that's a component. That's a variable. I guess it is kind of, mm-hmm. but in some weird, some weird sense, also geniuses surpass, or they stand the test of time in some sense. I think too, mm-hmm. because I think Mozart, Beethoven's works are still good. Mm-hmm. Like even though even though they were you know made hundreds of years ago, I yeah. think they still. You can still see the quality of genius no matter what time period you're in. Right, right. You know? I think if they were alive today, they would just be rock musicians or something, right? Or trap Potentially. Musicians. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. 100%. laughs> Beethoven would have uh, face tattoos. Yeah, he would face tattoos <laughs> in a SoundCloud. Or a TikTok. Yeah. And I would even consider some rappers geniuses as well. Yeah, same here. You know, not to like shit on, uh, you know, trap trap music. Because, yeah. you know, I'm a big fan of trap music. Yes, yes. Um, it's just different, you know, but, um, yeah, I mean, anybody can be a genius who is excelling in their particular field, you know, at a high level, you know, and has made major contributions. That's the, that's the real key to me is the major contributions. So, uh, what would you agree with that definition? What, what do you think? I think that's a variable. I think being, um, be the, the, the sort of, um, what would you call it? The, uh. The amount of time, the amount of hours that you put in, uh, let let you be great. You know, I, I believe in the quote. Um, you know, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Yes, that 100%. is that is like, and and to kind of go with what one of our friends of the show, Dietrich Sam Dietrich said, mm-hmm. you have to outlast. A lot of the time, is outlasting your competition. Exactly. A lot of the people that don't. A lot of people that quit are the people that that aren't going to make it as far as you have. Right. You know. Um, right. It's a marathon, not a yeah. sprint. Yeah, and one of the you know, and I think genius gets caught up in there's there's two. I think there's like maybe obviously multiple kinds of geniuses amongst like disciplines, but I think there's maybe a different type of genius. There's like a talented genius where it's like, oh, you're inher- intrinsically. Um, there's something skillful. in skillful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I can think of, uh, Van Gogh mm. being like where his sort of brain chemistry is such that it makes him such a great, uh, artist in this way. Like he's able to represent things in this particular way, you know what I yeah. mean? And, and yeah. make him such a, like he obviously has some innate talent that's right. above and above an average painter. Right. Like he can see things other people don't and like paint them in a way that's that's unique to him. He has his own style and sure he collaborates with people, but he makes things his own. 
And, um, but there's a, the other variable is that like, you know, it's the hard work person. It's the yeah. person who's like, yeah, I'm not very talented, but I can outlast my competition and mm-hmm. I can stand toe to toe with these people. Right. I don't know and if I you will see continue that. to strive. And right. Do you have that? Better. Do you have that in music? Like I always wondered, uh, hundred percent. Who are the people that you can think of? That well, kind of I would like almost that. consider Bach in that sense mm-hmm. somewhat. I mean, Bach was a talented guy for sure. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but the guy was extremely mathematical when it came to music. Like mm-hmm. he, he basically created like all the major forms in classical, at least the, the first forms, the real mm-hmm. popular ones. Like, yeah. you know, like fugues was his shit. Like yeah. basically Bach was the fugue master. Um, I mean, he did all these things like inversions and, like making these weird, crazy patterns of music that was really, really mathematical, right? right. Um, whereas you would have guys that were more naturally gifted, like Beethoven, who basically thought he was a conduit for God. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would just say the music would just flow from him. Yeah, you know, in some sense. So I think there is definitely that spectrum that you're saying, where it's like the talent versus the hard work. And I would definitely put Bach in more of the hard work camp, mm-hmm. although he was definitely talented as well. Um, but I would say that it's more it's a different distribution than someone like Beethoven versus Bach. Right. Yeah, and you see that in physics too. Exactly, hundred percent. Say yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think who would be that. Um, a well, na- Feynman says that he's the hard work guy. Yeah, I can see that, but, but I think he also had a lot of talent. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. <laughs> see, yeah. you'll see quotes by Richard Feynman. Maybe I'll put one up here, but he's he's just like you know, I'm just a regular guy. Right. And it's just about hard work, which he's right. Like, I think he recognizes in himself that he could have done anything else. Yeah. And I think that's why he says that. Like, I worked hard at this thing. Right. But he is an insanely intelligent person. Yeah. And I think that's what we mean by, like, there's that innate ability, but there's also he applied himself, right? Right, right. Yeah. And I guess it depends on the field, too, in which your brain is, I guess, like, there's different types of brains, I think, that are more, have an advantage depending right. on what your field is. Right. Like, let's say, like, someone who's, like, an accountant. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, the talented person in accounting would be someone who's really good with numbers right. innately. Like, more yeah. of a von Neumann-type person. Versus, like, a Feynman, you actually have an advantage when you're more creative in physics, believe right. it or not. Right. In some sense, with the talent aspect. Only you get to it later. But I think, also, Feynman had that talent advantage in some sense because he also had the advantage of being taught when he was really young. Right. That that mindset which is just a huge mindset mm-hmm. and i guess to expound upon that um that kind of brings me into another part of the whole you know people being raised as physicists in some sense like you know the the, the, the Feynman's, the, the uh ed Witten's probably the ed Witten's, the yeah. brian greens mm-hmm. um i want i don't know if sean carroll was I don't know. Okay. I don't know enough about his past. But yeah, it's Sean like, Carroll, can you clarify for that? <laughs> Come on the show. That would be about. awesome. <laughs> yeah, send this to Sean Carroll. Clip yeah. this and send it to yeah, Sean. Yeah, yeah. We want to <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think um, that also falls into the realm of talent in some sense when you start real early. Because that is kind of an advantage, right? Nobody really knows what they want to do that early in life. Mm-hmm. So you get a leg up on a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, we famously have said that. Well, not famously, but famously within the eigenfriend circle of, mm-hmm. you know, we wish we started when we were kids doing physics because, oh, yeah. you know, we feel like we might have actually made it through the PhD program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might have actually, well, like, you know, we, we didn't learn physics in our adult lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I learned yeah. about physics when I was like, for the first time I heard physics when I was like 22 or something. <laughs> uh, similarly, yeah. Like 20-something. In my early 20s, I heard yeah. about physics. So and, uh, imagine, you know, 
here, here's the thing that there is a, you know, Malcolm Gladwell has his, has his like, um, famous, um, I don't know if he's problematic. I'm just going to probably, I don't know. A lot of people Gladwell. Are. Yeah. Malcolm Gladwell. I know the Canadian name. Canadian guy. Not sure. Yeah. The book Blink. He, he, he had another follow up book, which was really good called Outliers. I believe. Yeah. Um, critically yeah. acclaimed. I, I never read that. It. I never read it, but you agree with the sentiment? The 10,000 hours, man. The more the, the more thesis, skills I collect, the more right. I believe it's true. Well, the thesis statement of his book is that he looked at people that were regarded as geniuses in their field and were like, he was trying to decipher this question that we're asking. And the conclusion... What was the secret? Well, the secret was it averaged out to 10,000 hours that the people put in to their, to their work. Mm. It, it was there was yeah sure, he's like sure it was there was some initial there is talent there mm-hmm. but the thing that that made them experts in their thing was the amount of time and effort they put and actually quality effort you know like yeah. i'm not talking about you sit down with the book up and just stare at it <laughs> <laughs> yeah osmosis doesn't work for studying <laughs> yeah. yeah you can't read as about physics like. and be good at it yeah you, you gotta actually you have to do, do. It. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, it's about reading how to ride a bike, how to ride a bike, and you're like, <laughs> I know how to ride a bike. That is one, That is something that a lot of people, um, that you don't really know initially, especially when you're just starting out a new skill for the mm-hmm. first time, mm-hmm. um, but you really understand this once you've done a lot of different disciplines. Yeah. Like myself, I've, you know, I'm a musical guy, I've mm-hmm. been doing music for a, a long time, so right. I kind of had that understanding already, which mm-hmm. is why I think I was so successful at, at being able to translate that into physics. Mm-hmm. Um, but you like if you want to be good at something like good at a skill, you have to maximize or optimize the amount of useful time that you're spending on getting better at that thing. <laughs> so to clarify, it's like if you're doing physics problems, reading can help. You know, it helps to understand or get your mind a big picture. But don't don't just stare at a book like Juan is saying for hours at a time, just looking at it and just keep reading reading a whole paragraph and then forgetting what you read. Like, it's much better for you to spend 15 minutes than an hour um, going line by line and really trying to internalize what it's saying. So it's like, the more conscious you are when you're practicing, I mean, I think every, I think of everything as practice when you're developing a skill. Yeah. When you're conscious of actually practicing, that's when you make the biggest leaps in actually getting things done and that's what yeah. your brain and your muscle memory and i so guess your, things, your, yeah. your, even your gray matter memory yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that's when they actually start to really kick in and remember things so mm-hmm. to me also a part of being a genius quote unquote in some sense the um, part that you can actually control is really being able to cut the amount of bullshit that you spent or cut the amount of time that you spend on bullshit and really getting quality time out of your practice Right. So I think that's a very and that's a very doable and buildable skill for literally anyone, I would say, mm-hmm. even if for people with ADHD and whatnot, you know, it just might be a little bit harder, but you can do it. You might have to break it up into more increments or segments. Um, yeah. But for you instance, gotta, like for me, yeah, for me, somebody like who's like has a disposition to anxiety, I have to like for me learning calculus. Ooh, that was tough. Because it, well, it like well, because like come yeah, because uh, I always thought, man, I'm not good at math. Because uh, math is one of these subjects. That it's like you either get it or you don't. You know, yeah. you know what I mean. And up until, up until you get to, um, 
well, you can survive just doing algebra, but when you get to calculus, you really have to, it challenges you in a way that's like, I have to discard. It, it puts a lot more emphasis on practice because mm-hmm. you're approaching a subject that is really m- more analytical mm-hmm. than as algebra opposed is. to memorization you're yeah. saying as yeah. opposed to memorizing rules in algebra and yeah. all that stuff there's no more memorizing unit circle tables right. or angles yeah. from trig trig identities exactly. and stuff it's like no now you're actually applying this logic yeah in an analytical way which is a big jump for a lot of people it right is, yeah and then imagining functions you're, you're approaching limits and all this stuff that mm-hmm. like you have to think differently and you know, for me, it was like looking at hieroglyphs when I came to calculus. I, like, I don't know what any of this means. I'm right. freaking out. And I was just like, man, it, it's like. So you get in your head. Yeah. So it like looks like you're looking at Mount Everest, the cal- the mountain of calculus. And you're looking at the top. You're like, I'm never going to get that. <laughs> and that's only for genius. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, so you're like standing at the bottom of the precipice of, of this giant, you know, what would you say? A year and a half. Yeah. Academically, yeah. a year and yeah. a half uh, 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 trip. Up to right. calculus three or differential calculus? Well, or calculus three, calculus, that's... Sorry. Yeah, 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 I guess yeah. that's true. So you're going up to vector calculus, and then you're like, I'm never going to... This is insane. <laughs> you know, I'm going to need a really good Sherpa. Hopefully yeah. your professor's a really good Sherpa, but... <laughs> no, don't ever bet on that, bet on that one, because it ain't going to be the case. <laughs> not always. Yeah, yeah, I know, not always. So the thing is, the, the navigating that is really tough if you're somebody who like has maybe ADHD and sh- have, maybe has like a learning disability or has a has a disposition to uh, some kind of uh, behavioral maybe mood disorder or something mm-hmm. where it's like you struggle with learning mm-hmm. and in that case this is even more challenging because mm-hmm. like you're battling your own demons right <laughs> not only are you fighting the physical elements of like We'll go back to the analogy of the Mount Everest. Right. You not only have to battle the the regular slog. You got you got uh, abominable snowmen throwing snowmen at you from the mountain. <laughs> You're like, damn, you I your, can't even get up this mountain just yeah. for peace. You got your own self doubts, like kill, like you hitting you and over the head. You're just like, who threw that snowball? Oh, it was me. I did that to myself. It's like you you got to fight your own. For those people, it is harder. You have to recognize that. But my wisdom here is to acknowledge that you are, you maybe have a stumpy leg or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're going to go. This means you got to take more steps. Yeah, you got to give yourself more time. That's my thing. Give yourself more time if you are if you feel like if if you're ever at all at a handicap. Mm-hmm. You know, like give yourself maybe, you know, project a time that most people, you would think most people will get it done. Mm-hmm. Multiply that by two. Give yourself mm-hmm. double time and then maybe scale back. You right. know what I mean? And yeah, so, you got to, you know, whatever your weaknesses are, you can compensate. Yeah. You know? I don't think that is something to dissuade you from going into physics. So if you're mm-hmm. trying to decide on whether you want to do this, I mean, you know, it doesn't, it does not take a genius. It just takes someone who's dedicated and wants to work hard. You know, if, I'm sure if you guys know our podcast, we say this all the time. It's yeah. like, you don't have to be a special mind to do this. Um, it's literally just like practice. It's like anything else. It's like playing the guitar. It's like learning jujitsu. It's this. It's all the same in my opinion. It's just practice. You know, we we call it solving problems, and it looks. And the thing is, with physics, it has this weird uh, manifestation where it, the final product. I guess it's not that weird because the final product on almost anything on someone who's mastered a skill mm-hmm. looks amazing and impressive. Right. But there's something weird about physics. I don't. I haven't quite put my finger on why it seems so unattainable. 
I, I think I know why. I've been thinking yeah. a lot about this. I think it's because when you have the tools and you like your brain is you look like a function like you have inputs mm -hmm. and then at the end of the calculation you have an output okay and it's like people don't see the function x squared plus 3x or whatever but you do oh so okay that's an interesting point yeah so like with let's say if you're mastering the piano mm -hmm. um some people might know music theory and they're like they're hitting the notes that they know they need to hit hmm, that still seems like, like a function to me though Oh, you're saying like you just purely maybe intuition? Because you're still you're just – the, all everything's just flowing out of your fingers. Like, right. Why is it that, that physics looks so much more like alien insane and alien? Yeah. Because yeah. when I've, I – I mean, I we, we hear this a lot from people. Sam mm -hmm. said it. You know, mm -hmm. I felt it. You mm -hmm. felt it. Yeah. A lot of people feel this. It's like yeah. it's it, they always come to the roadblock of am I – can I ever be a physicist even? Because it just seems like this is a genius thing only. Mm -hmm. I can't do this because this is not for me. Yeah. Why is it so foreign? Why is physics treated so differently than like playing an instrument or playing a sport when it's all in the same kind of to me it all seems like the same category. It's the gatekeep, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think physicists try to brand themselves in that way too. That does. Yeah. That is one factor for sure. Like imagine if you met a imagine if you met a fine Richard Feynman at the bar. Right. And he's like, "Oh, I'm a physicist." Meaning he makes it seem more accessible. Yeah, yeah. You'd be like, oh, cool. You have a normal personality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. True. That is a big aspect, huh? Because yeah. physicists are really uh, insecure usually about... Um, their intellect? Their intellect. At least yeah. that is a pattern that exists within the physics world. Not to say that you guys are, of course. Mm -hmm. Our audience is just full of alpha chat uh, physicists, <laughs> so we know it's not yeah. you, but... <laughs> True. But there are, you know, physicists out there who, you know, can be quite, um, you know, ego, egoistic, I guess. Yeah, egoistic about their intellect. Yeah, yeah. and it's like ta it hurts them. Yeah, if it's they they hold it really they what's like they hold their brain on their sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> that's different. I've never heard that. One. Yeah, I just made that one up. That's good. That's pretty good. I think. Yeah, that's a that's a funny literal tattoo to have. I wear my brain on my. <laughs> or sleeve or whatever I don't know wherever you want right. to put it um, no it's, it's true I think um, these, the people that that have the, the people in physics are kind of yeah science is interesting to them mm. um, but I think the institutions have also filtered a certain type of person we've had this discussion a lot yeah, yeah. and so I'm, I'm going to sort of skim over it but the people that end up as professors nowadays are usually more inclined to be, they they have to the, the the system prioritizes doers, and so a lot of it seems a lot of those people don't have patience. I find mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like they're just like learn it like I did, mm -hmm. which is like stop wasting time thinking. Stop Shut up and calculate. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a lot of that permeates the culture, and I think it also makes this sort of walled off. It makes it seem like a walled off, access, inaccessible uh, path. So. Mm. For instance, like I, I think some of the people there's a lot of debate nowadays. I don't know if the folks in the comment section can chime in, but yeah, there's a divide between physicists. There's the Sean Carrolls of the world where he's like, I'm not going to dumb anything down. The contemplators. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I'm not going to dumb anything down. I'm going to keep the conversation strictly on. Um, oh, high levels. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay. Keep it in high gear the whole time. I got you. And maybe we'll meet. Pe we'll meet some people down at some point mm -hmm. but 
I'm not going to go lower than than a certain place that they feel. Yeah. However, there are other people that are like, no, we're going to meet at the lowest common denominator. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which in America, you know, it can be very low. <laughs> Which is like the Neil deGrasse Tyson. Why are there letters in this equation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they move to the alphabet? What is this, Greek? Yeah, they move. Yeah, no, but. I ain't learned no imaginary numbers. <laughs> I got enough problem with the real ones. <laughs> Why do they got to be imaginary? No, but in all seriousness, yeah, it's like a, it, that there is that. Like the Neil deGrasse Tysons are like, now nah, we're going to try to, um, you know, bring be, it to the people. Yeah. Yeah. I, where do you think, where do you think you stand in that conversation? I think, um, I, uh, hmm, that's a good question, man. I think it really depends. I think I kind of do it on a person by person basis in some sense, more in real life, let's say, because I might try to gauge how interested someone is in physics. Yeah. And usually the people who I feel are not necessarily interested in the mathematics, I tend to try to meet them at their level and try to bring them all the cool shit mm-hmm. immediately. You know, like black holes and the kind of sexier stuff like the LHC, cosmology, you know, God particle, LIGO. and all this shit. Yeah. yeah. And just the really mind-blowing shit. And then they get, I try to hook them with that. Yeah. So I kind of take the Neil deGrasse Tyson approach there. But then... When it's like our audience, mm-hmm. I tr- try to speak more high level. Gotcha. Although I still come down a little bit because I think podcasts are kind of boring if you're just talking math. High level, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. you can't just straight up just You're talking to one podcast. person in the room. <laughs> it's, it's just like who wants to fucking like keep equations in their brain while they're trying to just – like a podcast should always be kind of fun. Right. Right. So yeah. I try to keep it conceptually high level. Gotcha. Um, for yeah, for an audience like this, so I kind of do both, I guess, in some sense, and I like both, just depending on who the person is. But don't um, you think that it's like I I don't know? Don't you think that it kind of adds to? I think the the latter group, the the group that's uh, focuses on high level stuff, kind of is more exclusionary talk. No, I wouldn't say that. No, because I think it's just knowing your audience. Hmm, I think okay. people who already have that kind of interest are looking for that. Because I remember even when I was a layman, I was constantly digging for new particles. Like, I kept, like, after I learned the standard model, I was like, what more particles can I find? I would type in just random shit, like, ghost particle, and there'd be something. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I was like, I want more particles. I want more of this. I want more understanding. So, the people who are into that will always constantly gravitate towards that anyway. So, I think it's just knowing your audience. Yeah, I think think maybe the particles should have branded themselves with something a little, like, maybe physics should start a brand... um, joint thing with like nintendo okay so have like a like like have a luigi particle (laughs) oh i see they got like uh characters right have a mario particle have a waluigi particle well have you seen that uh brand of like it's like beanie babies uh the particle zoo where they have have, have. okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) but i mean you you can totally just brand with a partner with nintendo and, and like you know be like wow and really just sell out yeah <laughs> we should do that <laughs> yeah. Bros presents yeah the mario super uh, smash super uh, smash particles yeah <laughs> yeah that'd no, probably but, be the lamest game ever <laughs> i mean if you want to talk about accessibility yeah in physics but no i think i think the culture that that's there kind of when you sort of throw highfalutin um concepts and and things that just seem out there Mm -hmm. they do seem inaccessible like um 
I don't know, but it also so you draws. Think you disagree with the Sean Carroll approach. I think I do, but I see. I see that it only really brings people in who are already interested in physics. Like, yeah. like for instance, like me, when, when people, when I was first starting out in physics, I was like, oh, we're talking about the topology of, of like how electronic band stuff is and how that affects like the properties of a material and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And I remember back then being so intrigued, like, what the mm-hmm. hell does that mean? You know what I mean, and, right. and and that was a question that you you can spend years trying to get to, right, and answer to, which is like good because I think that's what Sean Carroll's types want to do. Yeah. They're like, no, I want to elevate you. Yeah, um, and that's useful and all, but I think it does add to the culture of like other people being like, I don't know what the fuck. You're okay, talking yeah, about. just tune out, glazed yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then you got to look at guys like uh, what's his name, Matt Matt Dowd. On PBS Space Time. Sure. And he's talking about Shut crazy high-level shit. He does, You know, yeah. we've done a bunch of podcasts, mm-hmm. like, with topics that parallel that his topic, have, and yeah, even yeah. been inspired by his topics true, true. that are very high-level. Yeah. But he's got, you know, what, millions of subscribers on YouTube, yeah, so views. it's like, people are not devoid of this kind of, um, uh, what would you call it, like, this this uh, interest. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think you got to somehow make it entertaining enough. I see. It's just hard to make physics entertaining and high level at the same time. Yeah. Like our audience, I think we have a decent, decent, okay balance of entertainment, but mm-hmm. I still think it has more, more to be desired. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have to kind of hack people's uh, psychology and physiology, I think, to really make things entertaining. Right, right, right. Um, and I think Matt Dow does a pretty good job of that because he got yeah, the he nice does. graphics and looks really well presented, yeah. laid out. I clap every Great time visuals. You do a transition. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful, right? Yeah. It's and it flows. He's not stumbling on words. He's not taking time to overthink too long. He's like just going through it. Mm-hmm. It's very um, digestible, yeah. And it has a lot of uh, interesting, um, I guess, uh, visual appeal to it. So, uh, same with Sabine, yeah. right, Sabina? So, yeah, I think it, it think if you're going to go high level, it's like it's just a matter of trying to make it entertaining enough. Gotcha. So, so do you think so circling back the whole the genius yeah. thing so you're saying the culture problem that's definitely real for sure yeah. definitely real because physicists are dicks <laughs> some I'll, I'll, us, I'll put an asterisk some physicists are dicks dicks they really have yeah. big egos they yeah. are very uh, unemotional you know well they try to appear to be impartial at least. Yeah, yeah yeah and I mean most part they are I mean I, I like the dick atmosphere I, I, I don't care <laughs> thrives like, yeah thrive. I thrive I thrive in that <laughs> but I understand that it's not uh, for everyone <laughs> no it's not yeah I think most people are emotional not people. everybody is a terminator <laughs> right humans are emo- for the most we're all very emotional yeah. creatures but it's like um, physicists will especially paint themselves as particularly impartial to Right to the world, and in maybe in some ways, maybe have the watchmen. Maybe mm-hmm. they they sort of idolize that kind of mentality. Maybe uh huh. Uh-huh. I don't know. What do you mean? Explain. They tried to maybe if they've never seen the what's what's his name the Doctor Manhattan. Oh, Doctor Manhattan. Oh, you yeah. literally mean the Watchmen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like I'm impartial. I'm an impartial observer into right, the right. world, and it's like, uh, yeah, but. You're also a human being, like yeah. which, which also You're not is a like, god. <laughs> which like, means you also need to approach people and talk to them and meet them halfway. Yeah. And not create this barrier or this uh, 
yeah, this barrier between you and the common man. Yeah. Uh-huh. And actually getting to that a little bit more sure. back then, well, more the, the mm-hmm. most nefarious part about that to me, the mm-hmm. real dickish move to me is when you try to present yourself as infallible. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, that to me is the most annoying part. And I try not to do that. That's to me is the worst part. Yeah. Don't ever present yourself as infallible. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how many fucking credentials you have. I don't give a shit because you are not infallible. Every human yeah. makes mistakes. And... You know, you're not a gatekeeper of knowledge. I hate authoritarianism because that just, to me, to me authoritarian, authoritarianism just means you have a weaker position in your argument. Well, you it can means do you're no unable wrong. to convince somebody with the logic. Well, that and you, can, you can't admit when you're wrong. You go to, you, you stand your ground to a point where you're like not willing to concede. It's more like, if, if you're approaching from an authority point yeah. of view. That's not science. Right. Science doesn't give a shit what your credentials are. So to me, that's right. a, to me, I hate attacks on intellectual integrity. So if you are mm-hmm. being an authoritarian, that's almost counter to being an intellectual, intellectually, uh, uh, having intellectual integrity because mm-hmm. then it's like you're just, now you're hiding behind your credentials as a shield. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why you always know the coolest, uh, smartest people never put doctor in their uh, Twitter profile. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. remember that. Just remember that. If somebody's putting doctor in their name. Yeah, always be massively skeptical of what they say. They're definitely compensating. <laughs> I will say massively. Um, or they want to be acknowledged. Who knows? But the point is that, um, yes, physicists will like put this um, – they, they they suffer from this too. They're human too. They want to pretend that they don't. But a lot of the culture is kind of that song and dance of like, we're so much better than everyone. Like there yeah, is yeah. that culture. We're so There's much- a lot of uh, auto-filating we're the for best. sure. Yeah, it, there is. And then there, there's, I put a meme on the Discord that was like the, the engineers. We make fun of the engineers for not yeah. being too rigorous. But then, you know, like the mathematicians mm-hmm. do that to us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is, is that the uh, S- the XKDC meme? I don't know. Oh, Which was okay. that one? The XKD, uh, the XKCD one is where there's like, it's like a timeline of like most yeah. uh, pure STEM subjects. Uh-huh. And it starts with like um, biology, then it goes to chemistry, then it goes to physicists. Yeah. And then it's like way over there. It's like the mathematicians. It's like, oh, I didn't see you guys over there. <laughs> <laughs> like physicists think they're on the top wrong, but then the mathematicians are like way far. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But physicists do think it's like uh, we're the like it's like it's that meme of that dude on the the the, the totem the one two three the one two three totem the championship the guy's like yeah oh like he's like one. he's like champagne uh, while it out yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> physicists are number two math physicists are number one like, right <laughs> but physicists are over here we're the best right yeah, so it, they do need to be humbled if you go to colloquiums or whatever a lot of the a lot of the people that I meet are just kind of like, mostly professors do have this air about them where it's like, you know, highfalutin. And it does right. seem like, you know. I wouldn't say most. Let's be I fair. wouldn't say most. Let Let's me just be say fair. some. And a lot, and physicists are cool. If we're we're to, getting a little pejorative. Okay, I think. let me, let me yeah, uh, you're right. You're yeah. right. Let me talk myself down a little yeah. bit. <laughs> so, 30%, per, so I would say maybe like, a, a, maybe a fourth. Okay. A, okay. A fourth of the physicists that I've met at least have that. But, All right, but I can maybe give you that. Yeah, at least. Yeah, that okay. I've met, that that some of them just kind of like you're you're not if you're not perfect, you're you might as well drop out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And even with that, mm-hmm. I'd like to just make the comment that even those people are still like can be lovable and cool in my opinion. <laughs> you just got to know how to deal with them. Like those people, I usually just don't take them seriously. Gotcha. Okay. I'm just like, "All right." 
Yeah. I mean, I'll literally be like, okay, buddy. <laughs> you will meet those professors. Yeah. And that's what I'm the saying. The trick like, to defeating them is to just goof on them. And yes. then they respect you because they understand that they are taking themselves too seriously. You, Tr- you, yeah. you combat people taking themselves too seriously by not being serious. Those professors do per- expect Einstein's. Right. Yeah. In their classes. Some professors do uh, expect Einstein's. They th- they think that you should be giving up every part of your life, sacrificing every part of your life for physics. Mm-hmm. This is a true, real statement, <laughs> unfortunately. But you just look those people in the, in the eye and say, "No, <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm gonna watch." Uh, You're so brave. I'm gonna watch Star Trek. <laughs> I'm gonna have Whatever's cool nowadays. Yeah, I'm going to have a life. Um, <laughs> yeah. Star Trek might be coming back, but... Um, There's a new Picard coming. I haven't was, seen the other one, though, oh, so okay. I don't know. I haven't seen any Star Trek, so please okay. don't. Please don't try to pull me in, Terrence. <laughs> it's good, man. <laughs> no, but um, I guess um, I kind of want to go back to on the on the track of um, the, the genius talk. Yeah. I think the next article... That we were going to jump on was uh was what you call it? Um, I'm trying to remember. Anecdotes. Yeah, anecdotes. Yeah, I, th- I said I anecdote and then psychology, but I, I knew blanked. we were going to get off the beaten trail a million yeah, times. But, uh, so but I, I blanked force now it. on what the anecdote was. <laughs> so the anecdote, I, was, I guess we can jump into it now since yeah. we brought it up. So I was yeah. trying to think of like what instances of genius have we seen around us? Like who do we consider in our in our anecdotal experiences mm-hmm. the geniuses and what kind of traits did they have in our classes? geniuses yeah or would you even say there were any geniuses around you i mean yeah the the geniuses that i the quote-unquote geniuses that i knew were like the professors really yeah yeah the professors professors are untouchable they truly are just better than us (laughs) (laughs) um i do want to get to a point where it's like uh they they do kind of do this um I think professors a lot of the time, especially the genius ones, are are, are well-meaning, um, and they do kind of want you to build skills that they have as as quote unquote geniuses. Because mm-hmm. I mean, they're really smart. If you think yeah. about where professors how, can be smart as fuck, to where you're just like, how is a person this fucking smart? Think about think <laughs> about their position though. Here's what you need to contextualize as a student, or if you're ever going into physics or any kind of hard discipline like math or whatever. Yeah, your professors, your TAs, like when you're com- don't ever compare yourself. Don't do the measuring stick no. thing because these people are so filtered to be so good yeah. at their job. And also remember that they're like decades ahead of you. Yeah. Think about how much, how stupid someone who's 10 years younger than you is. It's like looking or at the Mount years, Everest thing. Like, yeah. It's yeah. like you got to remember that there's a reason that they're that smart. That should be inspiring to say that, oh, I can be at that level one day. Mm-hmm. Like, remember where you're at. I, I, I always use this trick to remember where I am in my I am positionally amongst mm-hmm. my peers. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, this usually translates through time. Right. Yeah. So it's not like I'm just going to get left in the dust. And right. all of a sudden they're just fucking, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> on top of the ivory tower all the way up, you know, in the yeah. stratosphere. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you just got to remember you're like, if you're smart now, you're going to be smart later. Relax. <laughs> yeah. It, it is about like applying, like a lot of professors try to apply their their teaching methodologies to to you and sometimes yeah. it's not always a one-size-fits-all but the professors that i've seen that i've deemed as sort of genius are the ones that like tried to impart some kind of wisdom 
that they've picked up on the road. Like, so some of them know the path is hard mm-hmm. and they like, will literally hold your hand mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. be like, yes. And those are the rare instances of the badass shield <laughs> yeah. professor. <laughs> uh, you're on a right on this. They're, they're like the ones who are like, come here. I'm, I'm going to be your Sherpa and I'm going to feed you yeah. while I'm, you're going up the mountain, and then you find a guy who's already got a campfire set up, and you're like, "Yes, <laughs> there's exactly. light at the end. There's yeah. light. There's 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 goodness on this planet." <laughs> yeah, and then there's other professors who will literally just like they'll they'll give you like I don't know a, a, a fucking a knife and be like, you <laughs> "Here you fig- go, figure it out." Yeah. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> You should be able to now know the cardinal directions from this, and then also, you know, you can do so much with. Them. Yeah. They're like, no, no, they give you a knot, and they're like, a knot, a knot, and they'll say, "This will save your life." And you're like, "What do you mean a knot? Like, like a, literally a, t- a rope?" rope. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's like a cryptic clue. You're like, "How is this gonna?" How and then you're like, "You could do everything." And then once they show you how they do everything, you're like, "Oh my! I would have never thought about. Yeah. I would have. I didn't know you could make a like make a what is it." If you're bleeding out, you oh, tie, a tourniquet, right? A tourniquet, right. or you know, <laughs> you use it to make fire. And right, like, right. I didn't. No one. That yeah, was actually a good analogy, huh? I know it is. <laughs> I think it worked out better than you thought it was just gonna. <laughs> no, but it's like professors love. Some professors love doing that shit. So you need to be. Yeah. Yeah, sure. They're geniuses because they might look like geniuses, and they may never show you how the sausage was made. Yeah. Because well, I think they also want. Like, I think some professors also are doing that out of kindness in some sense. Sure. Because they don't want to spoil the fun of learning all of it yourself. Oh, okay. So I kind of give them the benefit of the doubt then, I too, because they're like, they want you to figure out all the richness of what you're doing. And they kind of don't want to spill all the secrets, you know, when you can learn all, what it's like. It's part of the fun of physics is figuring things out yourself. Like, physicists right. love solving puzzles, right? That's yeah. why we get into it. Yeah. So the fun part is actually discovering it on your own a lot of times. Very true. So sometimes you don't want to be walked through it. Like, when we had tutoring um, at one point, I was like, I didn't even want to do that because I was like, I want to learn this, some of this stuff on my yeah, own. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're so right. Yeah, we can think about one guy that we thought was genius, but mm-hmm. I think we would agree that he's pretty up there. In terms of like intellect. Levels. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Shout out. We won't say his name. But yeah. He knows who he is. <laughs> he knows who he is. But he doesn't watch this podcast. But, I'm sure. Nah, he is, doesn't have time for this. Uh, <laughs> he like he's one, but this particular person has also put in the time and effort, and they literally told he was so humble himself. Yeah. That would be like, I put in the time. Yeah. And work. You guys just got a catching yeah. up to do. Yeah. 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 When people got years on you, you got to remember that's. I mean, they're going to be better than you. Yeah. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. But you will one day. It's like Mega Man X. You ever played Mega Man X? No. That's like one of the one of the uh, most inspiring games for me in my life. Why? Because Why? it's like, it, it really unlocked me as a kid understanding that you actually can be as good as the most badass dude in the game. So Mega Man was this real shitty just blue robot. He couldn't really do that much in the beginning. He was kind of cool. He had some, yeah, he was cool. some good moves. But and, but I'm talking specifically Mega Man X. They show in the beginning how weak he is. Mm-hmm. He's got a shitty low health bar, you know, like 10, 10 bars right, of health. Right. He's got the little buster. He can only do like maybe one charge right. charge up. But then at the end, you got to fight Sigma in the beginning, in the first level. Mm-hmm. And Sigma's the end boss, pretty much. He's one of the end bosses. And he basically whoops your ass. There's like no point of even trying because you mm-hmm. can't ever beat him. Yeah. And you get saved by Zero, who is basically your colleague, but he's 
he's the colleague who's like you know if 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 we're talking like he's like the postdoc and you're like the undergrad gotcha so he's way advanced yeah. above yeah, he's yeah. got like a laser sword and everything gotcha he, oh. he shoots off sigma's arm in one shot he looks at you and you're like You'll get it one day. Yeah, but he's like, you're okay. You tried. You did what you could. (laughs) And you basically are defeated. Mm -hmm. You feel like shit. But then at the end of Mega Man X, after you've beaten all the bosses, gotten all the power-ups and everything, you're the badass. And you realize, like, oh, like I can actually get to the level of being as good or if not better Mm -hmm. than Zero. You're saving his ass now. Yeah. And it's like, it's such a a beautiful game of showing, like, the amount. If you put in the work, you can, you too can get to the point you want to be at. This is a great PSA for video games. <laughs> yeah. They taught me a lesson. Mega Man X, play that game. It's an inspiring <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah, they definitely... Um, no, this is definitely an important lesson to learn. Um, and I guess video games in general. I think that's why people love RPGs and you know stuff like that. Because it's like you literally are building yourself from scratch. And you become this badass where you're just murking fucking you know, epic bosses right, and whatnot right. like conflict like you know uh what is that there's like a stupid meme nowadays you see like whenever you see an opponent that's leveled up um you know you're going the right way like, <laughs> right yeah so you know if things are getting harder and harder you know yeah yeah you know yeah. you're going down the right path right right basically like challenging yourself to it's be. a perfect allegory of life it's like they say you're supposed to be like if you're you you want to be at that perfect level of discomfort, not too uncomfortable, but also not comfortable right. in life. You want to hit that perfect level of feeling like you're challenged all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah, you don't. If you're not be... feeling like you suck, then you're not really making progress. Right. Yeah. 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 Because you don't want to be the level of, of uncomfortable as like a a homeless person under a bridge. Like that's <laughs> right. That's maybe too uncomfortable. Now you need help from. But sometimes you got to take a step. But also, I want to <laughs> no, make an argument that sometimes you do got to take a step back. So if that is what you have to do, then sometimes it happens. No, I don't agree. <laughs> a few moments later. Sorry about that, guys. The uh, camera cut out there for a little mm-hmm. bit, so we're gonna jump into uh, the psychology of the genius. Yes. So I don't know if we already touched this. Somewhat. But if you could think of anything, yeah, I'm just trying to think because we divided it up like that initially in our mm-hmm. outline. The psychology um, of the genius. Yes, I call it the genius. So what does that actually mean? So I guess we kind of broke it down a little well, bit. I coming, guess let's try well, to be more specific to physics maybe. Or do you yeah, have something? Yeah, because uh, – no, it came to me. The the, um, yeah. the the examples – the anecdotes of the genius I think can kind of go into the psychology of the genius. Okay. So I can take an average among the people that I kind of thought oh, uh, yeah, geniuses yeah. maybe in some sense. Yeah, like what made them geniuses would you say? Um – it's the 10,000 hours. It's the 10,000 hours. That's probably the one of the most significant factors. Mm-hmm. But then I guess maybe an interesting question would be, who were the people that you wouldn't consider a genius that did the 10,000? Or do, or is everyone who did the 10,000 a genius? Well, I think in an undergraduate's... Um, okay, for the record, and you should not feel like a genius after undergrad. That's not the point no. of undergrad. Maybe compared to the normal person. <laughs> right. Compared, compared you can to get an ego with that. <laughs> But not compared to uh, professors or even graduate students, yes. physics, physicists. So if you feel limited at the end of your undergraduate career, yeah. you should. Yeah, that's not a, that's not unusual. <laughs> if you're that's being... why a lot of physicists get inspired to go to graduate because they're like, I still feel incomplete. Yeah, you know, True. I I made uh, I made a formula sheet for <laughs> electromagnetism using three point font, and <laughs> 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 now I need to fill in all those gaps. Now. Right, exactly. <laughs> Um, 
No, I think I think what separates the people that, um, you know, I, I consider myself, my GPA would tell you I'm a very average student. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, same I think as, both of us are pretty us. average. Same as me. Yeah. And like, we're, you know, we're not the, the genius. The genius to me is like A plus, almost on average. I don't really go with then, grades But for even genius. then GPA, yeah, but I agree. Even then GPA is more of like, if you want to get to that A plus, there's very few students that I would consider like, oh, you have the mental acuity and the talent, the talent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of people just kind of know the system and just can kind of boom, churn out, yeah. churn out gr- good I'm typically grades. not. I have to say I'm typically not very impressed by people who get A's. Well, think about I have it. To say. How, how do you quantify temp- the person that's smarter than you is 10% more effort? Like, you no, know cause I, mean? I think getting an A is a lot more effort. Well, I'm saying like, like it's like a it's like an exponential. But curve. But the grading, you think so? The grading yeah. curve to me is like kind of silly to begin with because it's yeah. like, you for, go from an 80 to a 90, which is mostly A's mm-hmm. in in the most schools. It's like how do how do you quantify that kind of effort? You're saying the effort well, from a B student to an A student is exponential. It's exponential, yeah. But the thing is, I think the reason why I'm not. Ins- not usually impressed by a getters is mm-hmm. because they typically don't work in the same system that I work in a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So I think, so you see the exponential, you approach it as like a logarithmic thing. Well, no. So for me, it's still an exponential, oh, but okay. it's like my system is different already from what they're typically doing. Mm-hmm. Cause like you said, the a students I've noticed a lot of times they can know how to do problems, but a lot of times they don't have the depth of knowledge that I've noticed. Right. I'm not usually impressed a lot of times by the depth of knowledge. Although sometimes I am, but for me, I'm much more considered. I'm much more interested in the depth of knowledge, mm-hmm. which already makes it hard to even get a B. So the amount of effort I have to put in to get a B is already more difficult, versus maybe their effort to get a B is not as much, but it's still exponential to get the A. But I think a lot of times they have more room to get that A because they're just now using that uh, that energy to get the A in that kind of. To in they my opinion, not as interesting for... system. Yeah, they yeah. they they sacrifice depth for for breadth, like because a lot of them study a lot of problems. Like I know those A students, mm-hmm. they they do a breadth of problems as opposed to really going. And deep they into know problems. like the mechanics behind how to solve particular problems without right. actually thinking about. But that's it. what I'm saying. They they yeah. cover so many problems. Like me as a B student, I go deep. I try to go well, deep. I think we cover a lot of problems as well, though. Not as much as A students, I will say. Okay. For me, that I've seen mm-hmm. the the people that have excelled in in that in those contexts mm-hmm. are always just like just do a bunch of problems. I mean, I agree that's, with that methodology. Yeah, but it's like, but me, I'm a depth. I'm a I'm a quant, quality over quantity kind of person. So I will mm-hmm. go deeper. I will try to go deeper into problems and not have enough time to cover as many. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, maybe so. Yeah, and it's like I agree with the sentiment. You should cover as many problems as you can, but. Their human limitations are that you only have so much time. Yeah, yeah. And it's for like sure. a lot, and I and I. This is kind of the thing. A lot of the B students, I end up finding that they have. I can have more in-depth conversations as opposed to the A students, where they're just like, "This is how you do it." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So a lot of don't don't be dissuaded. It's like a by, different methodology a lot of times. Right, and yeah. don't don't be dissuaded by the the people who get A's because those are usually. The A getters are kind of like doing types, and yeah, a lot of a, sh- a lot of shove and calculate, right? Yeah, and so and so, <laughs> which you, is legit, but it's it just is different. It, it's a different mindset in some sense. It is a different mindset, and so like that's a skill on its own. 
But the thing is, you, you need to differentiate which one you are. Like if you're a doer kind of person, like a, um, like a, like I'm going to, I don't really co- go into depth. Yeah. I don't you're really not really to. as concerned with why something is. You just right. want to know how to do it and nothing right. more. That's it. And then on to the next. Then yeah. you, then you will be that kind of person, but to really be a genius, the geniuses that I see and the geniuses in history, contextually, are like, you know, you can see both. I mean, there, there's... Yeah, um, but I think you can be also a doer and be a genius. Right, that's what I mean. You can you know? do, yeah. Because, like, I would consider maybe Newton even that. It's, it's like that. Right, yeah. I consider you know? von Neumann is one of those. Right, he's right, fa- right, He's the guy who famously said, shut up and calculate. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, I would not leave that only... Mm-hmm. I think it's just the approach, because I would see Einstein as more of the thinker Rather the than depth, the doer, yeah, because yeah, he has more He's, of a. He took so much time, yeah, thinking about one particular right. problem, right? Yeah, and could think about and visualize things in a level that was 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 deeper than a typical physicist at the time, right? So it's just really physics. You start to, especially in the higher levels, you start to really differentiate yourself, and I think that's any kind of field. You, you should know, you start want to shape your you start to shape your own personal like methodology. So then that's when you start to try to, that's when you start becoming your own person mm-hmm. and you're not looking as much to professors to tell you what to be. And you kind of have to throw things out or take things with a grain of salt, depending on how you're trying to craft yourself into, you know, into how you want to be as a physicist. Yeah. So I, I would say the most, so for me, grades, I say this because I, to me, grades don't matter that much. Like, sure, you have a base knowledge, but please don't grade your genius on yeah. grades. They matter way less than than they're probably given credit for. Yeah. So what yeah. would you say is a metric for genius for a second? Like, like from my beginning statement, mm-hmm. just the amount of contribution you've made to the field. Mm-hmm. If you've made major contributions to the field that are recognized by people, I think you're – and even if they're not recognized, let's say you're just so far ahead of the game, mm-hmm. you're fucking Galileo – and uh, people just don't know, but yeah. you know in your own heart that your shit is legit, yeah. then I think you're a genius. I think people will recognize good stuff over mm-hmm. time. When time goes on, people will recognize you, I think. So how would you get my, – my question is how do you get to that? Like how do you make that I think it's just, zero to one? I think it's, I think it's practice and hard work, man. Mm-hmm. I think it's also having balls because a lot of times you can get stuck at just saying, eh. Ovaries. Huh? What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? Or ovaries? <laughs> we're inclusive yes, here. We're inclusive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We get it. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, yeah. Like you, you got to have the mustard, the, the mustard, yeah, with the ketchup. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the mustard with the ketchup. <laughs> I don't know about the analogy, but let's 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 roll with it. So yeah, you gotta because the thing is, you know, it's, it can be scary to make progress, and you and the thing is when you're a person who's on the leading edge or when you're doing anything that's new or bold, you will have shitloads of naysayers. People will be telling you how you're doing things wrong. People will be telling you how you shouldn't be doing this or that. Mm. And you just got to stick with your guns and have the confidence in yourself that you know what you're doing at the end of the day. You know, of course, that doesn't mean be stupid and think that you're smarter than you are like every undergraduate thinks they are. <laughs> Shout out the undergrads. Yeah. You know, you got to have the tools and you got to have the real confidence, not the bullshit confidence to actually, you know, settle, uh, uh, you know, hunker down and actually do what you want to do. Yeah. So to be a genius, you got to, to me, you got to have that confidence, 
put into action. Let me zoom into that statement that you said, the undergrads having like the sort of Dunning-Krugerite thing. Yeah, yeah. Because realistically, in, in undergraduate physics in America, you have a good section of your undergraduate is core classes, as we see. So really, yeah. the amount of hours that you spend doing physics is probably close to half the time that you spend in undergrad. Maybe two years worth of physics classes. Okay. Two to three years, right? Because you maybe have a, some, a year, a whole academic year devoted to... Everything, no physics. No, everything yeah, yeah. else is, you know, because you'll see that usually in your senior year, they'll tell you, take all your other yeah. like, uh, elective stuff. Yeah, yeah. And in your first year, you're taking Patty cake. core. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. You're taking a semester of sauna <laughs> yeah. and jacuzzi. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like. Uh, taking a semester of keg standing. Yeah, with a ball. But it's. um. Yeah, it's like um, you, you need to recognize that you're not going to – the amount of hours that you put in in the beginning are so little. And, and it's not until you yeah. go to the graduate, which is the professional, that you're actually putting in – it's be, it's becoming your job. Like you're learning. Right. You're putting in way more time. And every professor and graduate, and graduate student mm -hmm. thinks the smartest physicist in your undergraduate class is not smart. Yeah. <laughs> no one is fooled yeah so yeah. just remember it is a, a constant battle of always being dumb yeah. you'll never be smarter than the people who are your superiors until you get up there yeah and then you know when you've earned your stripes then you will be but yeah that's one thing undergrads have to get past it is like you said the dunning krugerite uh meme where they get smart enough where they think they're geniuses because they're smart around their peers and they're smart around laymen but it's like you ain't even begun yet bro <laughs> <laughs> yeah tell me more about the harmonic oscillator <laughs> we've been around long enough to where it's like it's nothing new yeah somebody you know how many times have i seen this <laughs> um yeah but, but even the, graduates yeah, yeah we're still like okay yeah the, the other thing i will say is that you gotta have oh man this this was so Oh fuck! I lost it. It was this was so big. Um, damn! I had a total brain fart. Just oh, it's collapsed. okay. It's like maybe a wave function. I observed it and then Dunning Kruger. If I can maybe. No, enlighten. it was like literally a wave function. I I was like had a thought and then I observed oh, it and, and it collapsed. It just vanished. <laughs> <laughs> a virtual thought. <laughs> it was imaginary, oh, well. and then I just was like, oh yeah, that's kind of crucial. Um. Oh yes, okay. This is this is the the most important thing that I think will qualify, will separate you from a lot of people, and this is this is a, a, a trait that I think a lot of professors that I've seen that are quote unquote geniuses mm -hmm. have this skill that is in some ways unteachable, but they try to kind of paint you an outline of it, and that is teaching yourself. Yeah, like that is a skill. To, to really try to hone in on. And the thing is, they never actively... I mean, for me, my professors never actively said it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They I'm like, why don't out. you guys just say it, though? Yeah. I mean, because like, they can just say, like, in physics, we're not teaching you. You teach yourself. And I feel like a lot of students, especially in the very beginning, undergraduate, are, like, taken aback by this. And they're, yeah. like, thrown off. Because it's like... No other science is really like that in the beginning. Like, biology exactly. is not like that. No. Chemistry is not like that. Um, professors a lot of classes aren't like that. English isn't like that, really. feed you, yeah. Yeah, nothing's really like that. But um, I guess one thing that is kind of like that is, like, music. Mm -hmm. So you can, if you think of it like music, like playing an instrument, mm -hmm. 
like that's kind of why I think the parallel with music and physics is kind of nice. Because that's another reason why is because you do have to teach yourself in music. Like you have to practice on your own the instrument, and physics is very much like music. It's not like biology. It's not memorizing sh- memorizing stuff. Like you actually have to do the work to play. You know whatever is playing the piano, you have to actually use the motor control. In physics, it's actually working through the equations. So you have to actually do the motor mechanical part, and it's much more in parallel to art or you know painting or music than mm-hmm. it is like chemistry or biology even. Because mm-hmm. chemistry and biology are completely different in how they approach, at least in the yeah. beginning, how they approach things. It's like yeah. it's, it's memorization-based. It's memorizing mm-hmm. names of chemicals and memorizing yeah. names of bones or whatever it's yeah. like it, it's it's very different so you gotta remember you gotta if if you're just starting out in physics you that's how you get good in physics is practicing doing the algebra and doing the thinking you know making solving a physical system in a mathematical way yeah so it's like it's it's very not memorization heavy although you can memorize in physics and it could help, but much less than it is in biology or like like it would be in biology or chemistry. But it's like teaching. But the thing is, like, that's what I'm saying that the teaching yourself thing, that's a huge leap yeah. to take because it's not like every other field. And yeah, in some sense, like it's easier for you to bridge that gap into like, oh, it's like music. Yeah. But you have. That's what I told my students. I'm like, because yeah. especially the ones that are like, just like, well, how do I get good in physics? And they tell yeah. me, I'm like, you know, music, If it's like, physics is like playing an instrument. It's not the same as any other science. You have to do the motions, do the, solve the problems. That's the only way to get good. Mm-hmm. And the students that I've told that, I notice that they get it real fast and then they start to be better yeah. because they understand that it's not the same. It's this like, is, you got to frame your, you got to reframe your thinking. Yeah. It's like weird that. Professors don't make it explicit. And this yeah, is I don't why know I'm why saying, they don't. Because I don't think they understand it. I don't think they it's do weird. either. I think they like either forgot it because it's or they're just so sick of it now no, I that think they don't care. I think because they're so predisposed to that, and they're really good at it already that they don't go back to square one. They're like I don't know how is you just do it. It's like the whole <laughs> Nike thing. You just do it. Yeah, I think, like, I think I think there is a different level of actually having to understand how to teach people well. Yeah. versus just being good. Like the professors don't. A lot of times they don't invest the energy to actually teach something. Mm-hmm. This is actually something that, um, what's his name, uh, the guy on YouTube, WooTube, you know Woo? No. Uh, Woo is this prof- math professor on YouTube. He's kind of cool. He's like this yeah. Asian dude um, who's Australian. Mm-hmm. And he uh, has, uh, he teaches like high school, I think high, high school algebra, I want to say. Mm-hmm. But he's got some good YouTube videos. They're like conceptual. And he mm-hmm. like shows you like, he shows the students like things like how does zero factorial equal one. Mm-hmm. And he shows it in a very That's logical, cool. conceptual way. That's like one of my favorite videos of his. But uh, WooTube, he says, um, damn, what was my point? He says, uh, oh, he's, he, he, he talks about how a lot of times mathematicians can get caught up in just learning the thing. Mm-hmm. So you just learn the thing, and once you've learned the thing, you can move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. But he says that there is a more rare person who learns the thing, but then really tries to learn the thing by teaching it. 
because teaching and learning are two different skills. Yeah. So once you've learned the thing and then you learn to teach the thing, you actually even enhance your knowledge of that thing you even do. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now you have the full dimensionality of what you're actually what the thing actually is now to where you act, where you can actually simplify it to someone else. When you have the ability to simplify it to someone else, that means you really understand something. Yeah, and a lot of professors shortcut this by just being like they learn the thing and then they move on to the next thing, yeah. I think. Yeah. And it's gotten them to where they are. But the yeah, thing you is, you can go far. But it's like to me, that's a little bit like it means to me. It's it means that you don't really understand something fully. Mm. And in my opinion, the most one of the most important parts of being a physicist is understanding, right? Mm. So why would you not want to be a good teacher at the same time? Yeah, it only enhances your own understanding. Do it for selfish reasons. Yeah, you know. But I think that that really qualifies you as a that can put you in the level of genius if you can teach yourself yeah and and well and, not just teach yourself because that's almost a prerequisite for being good at physics it, it's definitely right. a skill that some people don't ever learn right but people but that's the thing people i feel like have a that that is step one i think yeah like be comfortable with teaching yourself things like going through the process of like reading through something or watching someone do it or like um you know, and I don't mean just by reading, because there, there's definitely people that need that. Even for me, I require visual aids a lot of the time mm-hmm. to to kind of get a picture of what they're talking about, especially in math. Like yeah. when you're just learning math, it's all hieroglyphs. It's yeah. all like I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. I barely had an idea of what a function was when I was first learning math. Right. <laughs> and it's like, um, and you know, they give you in the math books, you'll you'll see they give you like a math definition. Of a function. Yeah, with this. God, I hate. I mean, you already triggered me with the stupid way they teach calculus. Like, uh, let there be a sigma. Yeah, a, yeah. A, or a, delta. A sigma and delta. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Just tell me, like, teach me the conceptuals about derivative limits and yeah. integrals. You do not have to do all that in the beginning. Nobody cares. Uh-huh. And like, in, in like Riemann, look at the Riemann sums. Like, nobody mm. gives a fuck about any of that. <laughs> Like, I'm sorry, mathematicians. I know you guys really love to go backwards and make things ultra rigorous, but it's yeah. like a beginning student does not give a shit about that. You're just making it way harder on someone. It's yeah. like it's not making it simpler. Mm-hmm. Defining things with rings and, and commutators <laughs> and whatnot is not helping anyone who has not gotten to that yet. I don't know why people love to do that. I'm getting triggered right now a little bit because people do this go a off, lot dude. in go physics off. and math. Go off. They love to say things are so simple mm-hmm. by teaching the thing that, yes, it's more simple in the fact that it unifies a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. but it takes years and years to get to that point where you're actually talking about that thing to simplify it. A student's just going to be glazed over when you're talking about that because they you're don't like, know well, any of these concepts. This isn't for me. Right. <laughs> and then you just lost another. Like, look how simple it is. This is just it's the Eric Andre meme of like, <laughs> why isn't anybody else interested in STEM? <laughs> oh, when he shoots Hannibal. <laughs> it's, they're doing math. Why do people hate math? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah, you guys are memeing yourselves, basically. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Truthfully. Because how do you, because even that, it's like, how do you expect some, maybe they're justifying their paychecks in some way. But like, how do you? Cheat? I don't think it's nefarious though. I think some people really just they they. That's how they think. Yeah, Very because literal. I mean, it is because it is smart because it's like it's like you're going high level though. Mm-hmm. You've gotten to such a point where yes, you're right. It is more simple to think of it like that. Mm-hmm. But you're sitting on a mountain of knowledge. Mm-hmm. You're unifying all of your all of your mountain of knowledge in a simpler way to remember. You're all like of your everything comes from here. You're yeah. at the top of the mountain. <laughs> everything spreads from here. Right, <laughs> it's but like, it's yeah, like. Of 
if you're still in the forest, I mean, it's like you, you can't see it. You, I don't know a good analogy, but. No, it's that's like, a good analogy. If you're still in the forest, you don't see the, the yeah, overall pattern. Yeah, like you don't you see do. the landscape. Yeah. You're just, you're in the forest. You're still trying to figure out what the fuck, where to, where the fuck to go. You, you can't know? even tell the difference between a deciduous, deciduous tree and a carnivorous tree. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> so, yeah, you guys, I mean, don't do that. Like, explaining things from a higher level as a simplified version to someone who doesn't know the higher level, mm-hmm. stop doing it, guys. I mean, truly, you got to stop doing that. Yeah. It really annoys the shit out of me. Yeah, it weeds out people that, you know, it does make a culture of, like, only Virginia's. Because yeah. it's like, um, yeah, it's the, you shooting yourself in the foot or shooting Hannibal on the couch. Or it's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't shoot Hannibal, guys. <laughs> that should be a, do a, that should be That should be part of a common American vernacular. <laughs> don't shoot Hannibal. Don't shoot oh, Hannibal. Damn, I like that, man. We got to make that a thing. <laughs> yeah. Don't shoot Hannibal. Don't shoot, don't shoot Hannibal, please. <laughs> like, just, just, it doesn't make any sense. You're, you're really boxing yourselves in. and You're, you're just fucking hard. up every, you're just fucking up everybody in yeah. that sense. Yeah, and, um. Yeah, but I I really 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 feel like how how do you think so so one thing that people people that tell me like oh you must be like a genius yeah yeah you get that too right in, in physics yeah from yeah. uh from laymen or undergraduates right. they think I'm really smart I'm like yeah. no so so how would you say so so I mean you said how much how much of that is hard work and you know you say this is like a instrument thing. I look at it like music, man. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm a musician first. Yeah, yeah. why why I started with music, I approach physics exactly how I approach music with practicing. When I practice my instrument, it's just you have to do concentrated practice, do the steps, do every piece, be conscious of every little movement, do exercises to make sure that you're doing things properly, being comfortable, maximizing the amount of time that it that you're getting actual useful work out Mm -hmm. of your practice yeah that's all it is man physics is just an instrument learning physics yeah well i would say that i didn't start as the i didn't do the instrument path or i didn't take that sort of mindset mentality mm-hmm. I, I did the self-teaching i taught myself how to play instruments like just well, kinda, i mean that's the same it's the same thing right um i guess so but the thing is like for me i didn't have a it was almost like an exploratory oh i see you mean it's not um it's not as uh, formalized. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I see. Yeah, for I me, I, I definitely, like, the curiosity pushed me, but it's also about having no fear in some way. Yeah, yeah. Like, because you got to set aside any any, any conceive any preconceptions about, like, this is, I can't get this, I, I don't, I'm never yeah. going to get this. I'm, right. This is not for You have to me. put that out of your mind. Right, yeah, yeah. How how would you how would you say what's a good way to get over that psychological barrier? This is like hmm. more more ingrained into like the you know, this is really gets down to the root of like that leap that I think mm-hmm. that that I think we when we talk to Sam Dietrich and Dietrich Labs, check out that yeah. episode. It's very very yeah, uh, pretty much the same question. Right. It's sense. like a psychological barrier that we go through as students. How how so, so I, it, I don't know. I want, I don't want to jump the gun and say mm-hmm. you got over that leap by just applying the mindset of it's an instrument. How did how that did was you, part of it? Was part of I it? think I had an advantage in that sense. Okay. So with the instrument saying well, path, because I have, I got so proficient in an instrument that I already got past a lot of those barriers. I think then maybe a, someone who just started fresh with a new skill, mm-hmm. 
you know, for me, I've I've been a skill collector my whole life, mm-hmm. and I've built myself to a high level in some of these skills that I've kind of gotten over some of those psychological things, which is a hack in itself because you can translate that mindset to many things. Exactly. Yeah. But not fully because physics was one of these things that still intimidated me. So I did have to get over that genius barrier in some sense because it does it does manifest in a kind of different way than an instrument for some reason. As we were talking earlier, it's yeah, like yeah. it almost feels like you have to be a genius for physics in some strange for some strange reason. But I got over that one with physics, just accepting the fact of, and I guess I guess it is a still in a similar vein of. I just, for me, it helped to just say, if I can't do it, I can at least do a shitty version of it. <laughs> <laughs> In the approximation. Right. So I'm like, if I can't do it, at least I can probably do a shitty version. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to be really into pogo stick as a kid. I was yeah. like, you know, I always want to do a flip, but I was like, you know what? <laughs> maybe. No <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? Maybe I can't do a flip, but I can maybe do a shitty version. So I kind of invented my own versions of flip. That wasn't quite a flip because I didn't want to, you know, break fucking neck. break my neck. Exactly. Um, that one has more more risk to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did like this this little trick where I would flip the pogo itself, but not my body. Oh, nice. So I was like, okay, I can do a shitty version of it. So I had the same mindset in physics. Yeah, yeah. And if all oh, I can do is a shitty version of it. But then when you do that enough in life, eventually you're like, oh, I can do anything. When right. you've done enough of that, you get over that psychological leap. Barrier, yeah. Barrier, yeah. You just tell yourself, I, I'll just do a shitty version of this mm-hmm. enough times. Do that like 10 times, and then eventually you're, you'll say, oh, I can do all of it. Yeah. And you might even invent cool new ways doing the shitty version That's of true. it. That's true. That's true. You know? As long as you don't take shortcuts. Try not to take shortcuts. <laughs> but you can. I mean, even I've taken shortcuts in life, mm-hmm. but it just means you have to undo it. Yeah. But if you're still doing it, you're doing it. True. You know, enough. not everything is a linear path. And I, I would agree. I would agree that it's... Uh, just do. Just do it. Yeah. Just do the... You're going to be scared. You're going to be intimidated. You're going to be unsure of yourself. You're have Everybody zero on earth is. Yeah. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. <laughs> and we're all standing around like like uh, f- f- uh, force ghosts <laughs> in your calculus class with, with the hand on your shoulders. <laughs> oh, giving them uh, guidance. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Like we're all like you know just <laughs> trying to guide you through your your it's it's a perilous path it really yeah. is it's a, you're going to be full of doubts and the thing that you need to incorporate in your knowledge in your tool bag is being it's being comfortable with teaching yourself hard things yeah taking the time to really go through the slog of like I'm I'm learning something new and it's going to take time. And I'm, I, maybe I need to talk to people. Maybe I need to reach out to different resources, watch videos, mm-hmm. read different books. You know, right. Also, yeah, that's another thing that's actually a good point too. Yeah. One that I didn't think of until you just mentioned is What's that, it? you know, I kind of have this had this idea when I was younger, like certain things were cheating, mm-hmm. like oh, looking at YouTube is cheating, or oh, looking at um, solutions is cheating. Explain. So it's like um, when you when you. Um, like certain things where I'd be like, oh, like this is making it too easy. Like, oh, if I look this up or something, I'm cheating myself out of knowledge or I'm like doing it the bitch way or something. Mm-hmm. So it's not really true. Of course, there are some ways that it is cheating, like cutting corners, like uh, the a better analogy for me. Well, I guess uh, cutting corners in physics would be like maybe memorizing or looking at solutions for an answer. Right. That is cheating in some sense. Because you're cheating yourself. But, 
you are cheating your knowledge in some sense, but also if you feel like you know nothing about anything, like for instance in quantum mechanics, you literally have to look at solutions the first couple of times because it's so foreign to your way of thinking and there's nothing intuitive to hold on. You have to understand what you're even doing. In quantum mechanics, I remember my first time getting quantum mechanics, I'm like, what the fuck is any of it? <laughs> like, I have no idea what any of this even, like, I have no conception of where to even begin. Yeah. At least in classical physics, you're like, okay, I could kind of make sense of this. Like, forces, yeah, yeah you punch a punch a Linear bag stuff. or something, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I got to get this. Some yeah. of forces, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. But then in quantum mechanics, you're just like, what the fuck is anything? So you have to do some of these things, these cheat codes in some sense to mm-hmm. even get us get the ball rolling yeah so don't limit yourself by saying oh that's cheating immediately you know if you gotta have the training wheels on the first couple of times just use the training wheels it's fine you'll eventually yeah. get there because you're learning how to think like a like a physicist too yeah like it, it the, in thinking you're learning how to think and you're also learning how to learn right. in a lot of in in physics too because it's and, and this is why I think it makes it so different because it does force your hand on these things. Because once you get to professorship, you're going to be you're going to be at the precipice of knowledge, mm-hmm. and you're going to teach yourself a lot of things. No, you're yep. not going to have a professor there to like, right? You know, you are completely independent now. You have to be an independent. You have yep. to be. You have to learn how to be an independent thinker. You have to learn how to think for yourself, and hopefully, professors have have hopefully explicitly. Maybe even implicitly, you've picked up on how to teach yourself things, mm-hmm. because you're going to be doing that for the rest of your life, right? As an academic, and I think once you've gone through even the undergraduate career path, you will get that skill. It's Hopefully. just at that point, it's just figuring out how to get better and better at applying it. Mm-hmm. And I think that at the end of it, you'll be standing around, looking around. You know, maybe at the, the Mount Everest analogy, you're looking around, and there are other people, the other people there with you. Mm-hmm. Are the you know are the people that just outlasted the competition? Yeah, and also learned stuck to it. Yeah, learned survival mechanisms, how to think. Yep, yep. <laughs> they made it up there with the sheer tenacity, really. Right, and um, I know fully you have that. Yeah, just stick with it. That's yeah. really it. You know what else is there to do in life? You know. <laughs> Humans are just, what what else are you going to do? You're just going to fucking watch Netflix? You just get good. (laughs) Right? Yeah, just fucking do shit. Just do shit and get better day by day. That's all it is. Don't give up. Yeah. Put that that old meme of, what's his name? Do it. What's his name? Shia LaBeouf? Yeah. Yeah. LaBeouf. LaBeouf. (laughs) Just do do it. Yeah. Do it. Teach yourself. So synthesizing, put in your work. Put in the hours. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you recapping? Yeah. Mm. Put in the work, hours, practice. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's synonymous with one. Have balls. Have tenacity. And Have balls and ovaries about it. <laughs> if somebody punches you in the balls, well, you still got your ovaries. <laughs> <laughs> Is this what transhumanism means? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm ready for it. That's the next stage of evolution. <laughs> and number four, <laughs> you want to have... Um, you want to be able to teach, teach yourself, teach, uh, be, be, learn how to be your own thinker, really. How to, yeah, how to yeah. think about independent, independently. Yeah, that's kind of a final step in some sense. Fully yeah, to be is, fully independent, I think. Maybe, maybe we're all just reiterating the, uh, not Maslow's was that high, learning hierarchy thing. 
I'm not familiar. Well, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I'll put it up on the rule. Okay. Thing. I know Maslow's, but... Well, that's hierarchy of needs. I'm thinking about learning learning techniques, but... Okay. Critical I mean, thinking. all this shit is tried and true knowledge, though. It man. is, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not any mystery. Like, this is just wisdom for people who find this wisdom relevant at the time. Because mm-hmm. all wisdom is out there. It's just usually yeah. the wisdom that sticks for people is the ones that... It's, like, relevant to you at the moment. Mm-hmm. Where you can actually... Where your body is now receptive to internalizing it. Yeah. Because all this shit is just rehashed, said a million different times. Yeah. By Buddha, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gandhi, Malcolm X. Yeah, true. <laughs> whoever the fuck. Any of these yeah. people, man. Yeah, they yeah, all yeah. say the same shit. It's just whether you're ready to ter- ready ready to ready swallow to that pill or not. or not. Yeah. So maybe the Eigen Bros can inspire some people. Hopefully. <laughs> so I think, I think uh, is there anything else you want to add to? I think that's it, bro. I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyways, if you like this episode, make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. Mm-hmm. Check out iGameBros.com, iGameBros on Twitter, iGameBros on TikTok. Instagram, iGameBros2 on TikTok, and Patreon. Thank you guys, as always. We greatly Seriously. appreciate you. Mm-hmm. You know, you're keeping the channel alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and ch- check out Patreon.com slash iGameBros if you guys want to check out our uh, extra content, 30-minute podcast there every week. Mm-hmm. Week, You know, all you need to do is a dollar. And... Uh, I think that's it. I think that's it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see you later. All right, guys. Peace. Later.